Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I hope everyone is doing great today. Um, I'm doing okay. I am, I don't know, for, for me today, I have had a very anxious day and I think the reason why I feel so anxious is because, um, I don't know, it's just like even doing the most simplest things today just really made me panic inside and it made me very much aware of how much anxiety controls my life um, and how sometimes it can really hinder me from doing the things I really need to do. And it wasn't like I had to do too much things today, but it still was very uh, overwhelming to the point where I had to take a lot of breaks. And so dealing with the day that I had, it made me realize how important it is to be very vulnerable with you guys in terms of how anxiety has changed my life. Um, I also want to discuss about how depression has changed my life because those two go very much hand in hand and I just wanted to have an honest conversation about that. Um, I think sometimes I think with a normal feeling of, well, I think it is a normal feeling when discussing very personal things like mental health, it, some people like myself feel very vulnerable and sometimes I feel like, like after I post, um, an episode, I sometimes think like, why did I say that? Like, no one really cares, things like that. But sometimes I've learned that being vulnerable definitely helps to create connection. And so if you guys are listening to this and you're thinking like, wow, like I thought I was the only one that dealt with this. I just want to let you know that you're not alone um, because if I can kind of show or share my story about especially depression and make one less person feel alone, then I'm definitely doing my job because depression, dealing with depression is very uh, lonesome and very isolating. And instead of me um, kind of like isolating myself, I rather just reach out and connect with people who are dealing with the same thing. So this is my form of connection. If you would like to categorize it as that. But um, today's episode, I really want to talk about my own mental health journey. I also want to discuss little simple things that I do every single day to help manage my anxiety and depression. There's so many ways that you can kind of manage or overcome your mental health disorders or challenges or whatever. Um, these are just more like lifestyle things, like kind of like cognitive changes I've made, not necessarily like concrete ways like medication or something like that it's just more things that I've learned with my own body and through my own journey of mental health that I think are very beneficial that I do every single day um so before we jump into that like I said before I do want to discuss my my own mental health journey because I think each journey is very uh individualistic and um you know very personal and so you know, my journey may not compare to your journey, but I still would like to share it to kind of give you guys a little bit of perspective of, you know, how my life has been going and how I've been navigating my life with anxiety and depression. So for me, um, I have always known, been very aware of what anxiety is, what depression is. I think it wasn't Although I was aware, I think I just didn't really know what, how it applied to me, right? It's kind of like you've heard like a concept all of your life and then when it actually applies to you, then it's like, oh wow, it's kind of, it's not an idea, it's more something more concrete and that's what anxiety and depression was for me. Growing up, 
Um, my family, especially my mom's side, um, is, is heavily affected by mental illness. So it wasn't like I didn't know about certain things like bipolar disorder, ADHD, or schizophrenia. I knew those things because I knew people in my life who were dealing with it. Um, but it wasn't until I got older, especially when I got to college, um, that I started to realize that I was going through a lot of changes, changes that I couldn't really identify or problem solve. For me, I have always categorized myself as a very self-reliant person, especially when it comes to ways to take care of myself mentally. So for instance, like my mom has always told me when I was younger that I was a great baby to have because I was definitely, I could definitely self-soothe myself. Um, so I, I kind of pride myself on um, being able to see what needs to be done in my life and taking the initiative to change those things. Um, but it's weird because I say that, but also um, with depression, I didn't see the warning signs until it was too late. Um, there were definitely a lot of things that really screamed depression but I think I was just so out of it and so out of tune of my body and the signs and things like that that I wasn't aware as much as I should be like looking back at it I realized that there were definitely things that really screamed depression for instance um one major thing which I, that's when I knew that that something was seriously wrong was um I would cry a lot in public. Um, I don't really think I'm a crier. I cry in front of like the closest people in my life. Only like my closest friends and my family has seen me cry. I don't cry on a regular basis. If I cry in public, it's like that cute cry. You know what I mean? Like when you watch a Disney movie and you're like, oh, <laughs> boo-hoo-hoo. But like ugly cry. That's what I did. I would ugly cry. And I'm an ugly crier. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I'm an ugly crier and I would cry in public places like one time I cried in Barnes and Nobles I cried at a grocery store like crazy stuff and the funny thing is nothing triggered it nothing triggered <laughs> I would just be like walking down the aisles of the grocery store and all of a sudden like it felt like a truck hit me and this whole feeling of grief hit me that I would just start crying and that's what depression is for me it's definitely like a feeling of grief um, it kind of feels like it feels like death is knocking at your door but also like you lost like your best friend it's like all the sad things not just like the like the arbitrary sad things like you know like losing a balloon or you know like stuff like that like I'm talking some deep shit <laughs> of like scary stuff stuff that keeps you up at night that's what depression is for me I feel it at the most randomest times at the at the moment and I didn't know what to do and I also felt things like I was very much disassociating myself from um, other people and experiences um, I also forgot times like pockets of times like I would forget what day it is I would even forget what I had for lunch like hours after I had it right um, what other things did I do that I realized was actually depression? Um, oh, I would isolate myself a lot. I, at first, at the time, it was very convenient because 
Um, before I was diagnosed, I was a sophomore in college and I took a lot of online classes, meaning I didn't really have to go to class, physical class. And I thought it was going to be so much fun because I was like, oh my God, like I could just be at home, stay under the covers. Like I'm definitely like a, a nap girl. I love sleeping and napping and being in my own space. And so I thought it was going to do more good than harm. And then because I was indoors a lot, I just started naturally isolating myself and I started preventing myself from going out, hanging out with friends and things like that. I think there were times where like my friends had to force me to go outside because that's how bad it was. And all those things like I don't think it really got to me that I realized that something was wrong until I started crying. That's when I knew that something was wrong because I don't really cry that much. So at the time, I'd gone to my therapist that I see on a regular basis and I told her everything and I was like, listen, like, I'm crying in public. I don't remember what time it is. I don't remember what day it is. I feel like I just want to sleep all day. Like, what is this? What is this? And she was like, Maya, I think you're depressed. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, you're joking. Like, depression I felt was like on the extreme scale. I was like, no, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just got to find something to fulfill me in life. But then I realized, like, thinking about it, nothing fulfilled me. Like, nothing would make me happy. And that's when I knew it was more than just being sad. It was more like feeling hopeless, feeling like, nothing was going right in my life and that was really hard for me to understand because I was now realizing that I tried every single angle at the time like I think I didn't take medication in the beginning when I got my diagnosis I wanted to explore every single avenue because for me medication was really scary I think that was definitely the sign that indicated like this shit got real and so before I took medication, I explored all avenues to take care of my mental health. So all the crap, well, I don't want to say crappy stuff because it does, it does have some good to it. But I tried to work out more often. I took a lot of multivitamins. Um, I tried to get a lot of fresh air. But even with all of those things that I do to help better, quote unquote, my health, I still realized that medication was really beneficial. I think medication was that missing piece that I needed to uh, bridge the gap. Um, so I started very small. I think I started with 10 uh, milligrams. Um, right now I'm at 20. I've doubled it, especially since moving and going through college. Um, and that's something that is definitely a work in progress for me because even though I've been on medication for about like four or five years now, there are times where I definitely slip up. I sometimes forget to take my medication or I just don't feel like taking my medication. And um, I feel like that is just going to be a journey that I will be struggling with for the rest of my life. But that's okay because you're not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be a very windy road. It's not supposed to be very easy. Um, but yeah, like that is my whole story. I it's still a work in progress for me. There's definitely times where I still make mistakes. Um, my biggest struggle now is trying to maintain these things, maintain these habits to better my health. I'm working very slowly but surely, but that's why I wanted to share it because this is like a huge learning experience, you know? There might, like maybe a year from now, these things may not work, but it, you know, if you can kind of gain some sort of benefit from it or maybe you are struggling with kind of gaining control or 
gaining the upper hand on your mental health diagnosis and maybe some of my tips and tricks might help, then that is great. I hope it can be a little beneficial for you. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, so the first thing that I've done um, to really help kind of manage my depression and anxiety is, I feel like it's very important, is being more patient and giving yourself more grace. Again, like I said, it's a very um, it's a very hard and challenging road. There are definitely times where you feel like, what is the point? I want to give up. Um, and I think that is what depression is for me. I think that is what de- depression is for a lot of people. Um, it's definitely, although it's very mental, it definitely is something that you have to really be aware of and very cognizant of. Because if you miss something, like you miss your medication or you slip up, um, that depression can kind of creep in a little bit more. Um, I know that sometimes like there are days where I just don't feel like getting up. There are some days where I feel like I don't want to eat. I don't want to clean. And the more that I am not aware of that, I dig myself in a much deeper hole that I can't get out of. And in my life, I want to, I want to feel powerful. I want to feel like I can gain the upper hand and I never want to put myself in a position where I feel like I can't I can't get out of that hole so that's why I try to do these things every single day to take care of my mental health but I think the first thing you have to do is just being patient with yourself and understanding that like you're not going to be perfect Um, understanding that like a lot of the things that you're dealing with are mental and when you start to kind of invoke positivity and start to be positive to yourself it will definitely omit out or emit out if I'm using those words right. I cannot think at the moment. Um, it's definitely going to, you're definitely going to spread positivity in your day-to-day life. Um, also, this is really big for me personally because growing up, um, especially in, uh, I want to say high school and little bits of college, I definitely engaged in a lot of negative self-talk. I have no clue of where that came from. I think it's mainly because I set really high expectations for myself. And so I would say some really mean stuff to myself. And at the time, it seemed very normal. It seemed like it wasn't really doing that much harm. But then when I realized how that negative talk was definitely a closer look in how I view myself, I realized that I was really insecure and I really hated myself. And at one point in my life, I said, why... Out of all the people who work against me and hate me, why am I hating myself? And I realized that like the best way to go through life is to treat yourself like you're your best friend and um, treat yourself with more kindness. And so although there, you know, because I've done it for such a long time, there are moments where I do kind of look down upon myself, but I have to kind of keep myself up and say like, hey, you're doing great. Um, even though you might be struggling sometimes, you're still a good person. And I think that really helps you because mental illness is really uh, debilitating and it's really, it can be very negative sometimes. And so it's just really nice to have at least one person on your side, even if it is just you. Um, the second thing I do to kind of upkeep my mental health is forcing myself to go out more often. I've noticed and I hate, I hate when people are like, just go outside, you'll be okay. But actually, it's very helpful, um, especially because with depression, like, 
you are in this, you're forced in this narrative, you're forced in this mindset where you feel like you can't do anything. There have definitely been times where I have been dealing with depressive moments, anxiety moments, and I feel so stuck. There was one time it took every fiber in my body just to put clothes on to go outside. Um, And what I now have to do is force myself to go outside every other day. So I have this rule of thumb. If I stay indoors two days, at, you know, like two days in a row, I have to go outside on the third day, right? I have to spend at least 30 minutes or so outside. And so for me to kind of um, push myself to do that, because it is very challenging, I give myself a, um, what's the word, an objective or a a mission, basically, um, to get myself out of the door. So like the other day, right? Um, I, because I'm in my depressive moments, sometimes I forget to clean. I forget to do basic things to help manage my, my health. Um, um, and so in New York city where I live, um, in order for you to wash clothes, nine times out of 10, you need quarters. Um, and so in order for me to wash clothes, get clean clothes and better myself, um, better my hygiene, I had to go out to the bank and get quarters um and so because i have an objective and i have a reason for going outside it makes it easier for me to go outside if that makes any sense because you have something that you have to do or something that you have to look forward to and because i went to the bank and i got quarters i was there for like 10 minutes and then that 10 minutes turned into 20 minutes because then i was like you know i did really great I think I want to get an ice cream. So I got an ice cream and then that 20 minutes turned into 40 minutes because I ended up just like walking to the local park and that's what it it should be doing. Like you, although like you should have an objective and try to force yourself to go outside, but what you want to do is set a goal so that once you reach that goal, it may push you to reach another goal and then another goal to kind of create this, this, um, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to use momentum I, no that's not the word um to kind of create this like ongoing process that you are able to move forward because that's the goal you know although it's great to just you know just go outside it's it's nice to really immerse yourself in nature and immerse yourself especially on a like a really good day where the sun's out because one thing I've noticed is that like the more time I spend outside the better I feel I know how stupid that sounds But like it's really good to be amongst other people, to be amongst nature, because it really helps you to gain the perspective um, that you're not alone. Because depression can really make life seem like you are alone. Um, So I hope that makes sense in some shape or form. Um, The third thing I do is, let me look at it. I have a list on my phone. That's why I'm like taking so long. Um, Oh, being consistent with my medication and my routines. Like I said before, medication and upkeeping my routine of it is really important in order to do well and managing my anxiety, depression. One thing that I have, you know, I have to do now because of medication, I definitely have made a lot of lifestyle changes like not drinking alcohol. Um, I have to eat certain foods before like I take my medication. You're not really supposed to take something as serious as an antidepressant without eating beforehand so I have to now eat (laughs) 
before I take my medication. I can't just eat Doritos and take my medication. Like I actually have to eat a full meal. Um, and yeah, um, another thing is, um, my medication has definitely affected my sleep. And so now I'm really, I'm really hell bent on my evening routine and making sure that I get the proper amount of sleep so that my medication works better. Um, and things like that. So yeah, I mean, just being really consistent with things that help better your health is really important. Although sometimes like, especially if you're not used to having a a routine or some some form of consistency it's definitely something that you're gonna have to kind of like you know maneuver around and try to mess with and things like that until you get it right but um one thing I try to do and I feel like is definitely the definition of being an adult is being really consistent with my routines that's something that I try to pride myself on doing and upkeeping every single day so just being really consistent with like things that you need to do to survive like medication and sleep and things of that nature so yeah um the next thing on my list is um taking more breaks than usual especially when it deals with anxiety um i have learned recently that i am what you would categorize as a or a person that has high functioning anxiety so anxiety normally is very debilitating and it kind of forces you to slow down and you know, some people who are dealing with severe anxiety, they might have a lot of panic attacks or anxiety attacks. For me, I've noticed that even when I'm dealing with an anxiety attack, I still am always moving forward. And some people like, um, they may look at me and think like nothing's wrong, but actually I am very much struggling. I just, I don't know why it forces me to move a little bit more. I think with anxiety kind of falls aligned with your basic trauma responses of fight, flight, or freeze. I'm definitely the flight. <laughs> like, I don't think I freeze. I occasionally freeze, like, d- depending on how serious it is. Um, I do not fight, but I definitely flee. <laughs> I flee, flee, flee. And that can also look like just running on E, even though I definitely need to stop. And so for me, it's really important to take a lot of breaks um, whenever I'm feeling a certain way, just so I can check up, check in and check up on myself. Like today, right? Um, I felt really anxious all day. Instead of me working through that anxiety, I really had to kind of stop and think like, just check out, check up on myself and say like, are you doing okay? Maybe I'm having my anxiety attacks because I am dehydrated. Uh, maybe I'm hangry, which I, I was at the time. I really wasn't eating something that fueled my body properly. And so it kind of sparked this anxiety attack on me. Uh, maybe I might need to sleep or maybe this anxiety attack is, is telling me that I need to slow down. And that's the same thing with depressive moments too. Sometimes it's really good to understand your triggers and understand when you typically feel certain things. Like I feel a lot of anxiety in the morning. Um, I would say between like when I first wake up to maybe 3 or 4 p.m. And I definitely feel depression later at night. I feel like it's definitely triggered when I am most alone, which is during the nighttime. Um, And so just being aware of your triggers, um, understanding like how your depression, how your anxiety, how your diagnosis works is really going to give you the upper hand on um, maintaining it moving forward. Um, 
it's kind of like a game plan like you know in sports and stuff like that it's definitely like a, a version of a playbook and once you better understand that playbook you're under you're able to anticipate um, any sort of given moment that your anxiety or your depression brings um, the next thing I would say is very important that I try to um, kind of like be more cognizant of due to my depression and my anxiety is my way of thinking and constantly challenging it. Um, one thing I did want to discuss in this episode, and I actually created a little, um, I wouldn't say a pamphlet, but like an online resource, I guess. So um, these are things I've learned in my social work classes, but I think this is also something that you learned in like your basic psychology class is a thing called cognitive distortions. It's just basically a fancy way of saying little tricks that your mind plays on you to um, challenge or to mess with your proper way of thinking, right? Um, and so just being aware of like your triggers mostly and just like really being, um, I don't want to say aware, but being, I would say aware, I guess I'll say that, being aware of those moments that may not be very helpful like unhelpful styles of thinking is really important to kind of gain that upper hand so I will list a few common cognitive distortions that are pretty common and it's really funny because it's like especially learning this from my classes and also learning this through therapy it's really funny because I now being aware of it I now anticipate and I now know the games that depression plays on my mind because for me I kind of view depression as like a friend who you guys were like besties at one point and then they like screwed you over but like they definitely know all of your worst secrets and when they try to you know one-up you or they try to control you they use all of your deepest insecurities and your secrets to make you feel a certain way and with cognitive distortions, it's definitely a, a tool that your depression and your anxiety uses to gain the upper hand on you. But once you kind of understand these cognitive distortions, the threat that the depression you gives you or the depression you throws at you is not so big. You know what I mean? There are times where I definitely think when I'm in my depressed state, I think like, oh, no one loves me everyone hates me, I'm better off alone. But I do realize that that is actually just a form of cognitive um, distortions that my brain does to play tricks on me. So I'm going to list a couple of normal or not normal, but very common ones that you may actually start to realize are a form of cognitive distortion. So my number one favorite <laughs> that I have, I, I engage in every single day, and not even with depression, anxiety, like I think it's just basic like human reactions is um mind reading so uh basically it's just believing that you know what other people are thinking without them really telling you that so my favorite example is like I see a lot of people I hear a lot of people say like oh um I don't know like I called him earlier and he didn't pick up and because he didn't pick up that means that he doesn't love me right in that situation you're basically anticipating what this other person thinks of you without them really telling you that and so sometimes when I'm engaging in that behavior I have to tell myself did that person say that they don't like me if I didn't see or hear it with my own ears 
Um, I, I can't believe that that's true. And sometimes I think like, especially when we feel really insecure, we're dealing with anxiety, depression. Um, it's very common for us to resort to these uh, cognitive distortions. But in actuality, like we definitely have to be very, um, we, we have to not be so biased and we have to kind of see or view our mindset from an objective point of view and realize that maybe sometimes like our mind does play tricks on us. And, you know, I think like, especially if you're trying to better your state of being and you're trying to be more objective and things like that, I think it's just really good to be aware of those things, those unhelpful styles of thinking. So mind reading is number one. Um, number two, which is also my favorite, is um, I have like this whole list on my phone. Um, and I'll actually share this with all of you guys um, later on my social media platform of You Good the Podcast. But um, oh, disqualifying or discounting the positive. So that basically means telling yourself that the good things in your life don't really count so that is something I do whenever I'm dealing with depression right so because depression is so isolating and sometimes I feel like no one cares about me I will like tell people that I'm depressed right and I'm like hey I really need help I feel like no one loves me everyone hates me and then someone in my life might actually tell me oh my god I'll miss you if you were gone like I love you you're the greatest person ever I care so much about you but then even though they say all these good things to me I then still feel like they still hate me like just because I feel that way does not mean that they feel that way right um and so I have to really just be aware of you know what people are saying and not assuming because one thing I you know everyone knows assuming makes an ass out of you and me and I think a lot of our distortions that we think come from a place of assumption or believing that we know what other people are thinking when in actuality like we never do we're not a mind reader we can't anticipate what other people are thinking um, and so we have to kind of just be aware of how we're thinking in relation to how other people are thinking, if that makes any sense. Um, all of these cognitive distortions, especially of being aware of it, falls in line with this thing called um, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's basically a form of therapy that makes you very aware of how your behaviors, your thoughts, and your actions are very much aligned and related. Um, I kind of relate it to thinking positively when you think positively you start to act positively um and although depression anxiety is more than just thinking positively and thinking good and things like that or being grateful I definitely would say that like just being really aware of how your thoughts and your behaviors and your actions are very much related really gives you the upper hand on managing your depression because you're very cognizant of your thought patterns and um and things like that because with our mind our the brain is very complicated it's very um intricate and you know we definitely engage with a lot of things that affect our thought processes but when we start to realize like what is unhelpful and what isn't unhelpful and even really dissecting like our normal thought processes um is really beneficial of us 
being more emotionally aware of ourselves and other people, if that makes any sense. So um, I would definitely look up what CBT is. I would also, if you have a relationship with a therapist, I would definitely maybe like, if you've never heard of CBT, ask them about it because it is a very common form of therapy for people who are dealing with the depression and anxiety. These are just things that I've learned in my own personal life and through schooling. Um, I'm not really a therapist. Um, I'm just a master's level student. Um, and so these are just things that I've learned along the way. But I would definitely do more research if, if you're interested in something like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, one thing overall that um, anyone needs to be aware of when talking or discussing or just dealing with depression, and anxiety is that um you definitely have the power to change your perspective and it's definitely not a death sentence i think a lot of people especially in the beginning myself felt like once i was diagnosed with depression i felt like i couldn't have a normal life and i think that because depression is so cognitively based it's really great to learn how you behave and learn how you act and how you think so that you can gain the upper hand on this diagnosis because I definitely think that you can have a very successful and very filling life uh, with depression as long as you are doing things to help manage your your diagnosis. Um, so I hope that kind of makes sense in some shape or form. Um, I I don't know like I I always feel so vulnerable after time or after I talk about these things because I feel like no one really wants to hear me talk about it and I feel like people are like no one cares but <laughs> I hope that this makes sense in some shape or form. Um, I do want to say please check out my Instagram page. I would kind of give a little bit of a deeper dive on um, cognitive distortions if you're interested in that and also include some links that are very important or things that you may want to look up um in your own spare time about it but other than that um just take care of yourself um take care of the people around you be kind to yourself that is number one y'all take care of yourself and just yeah like believe in yourself um you'll do fine you'll do great and i you know if no one has ever told you this today I love you. I love you for listening. I love you for engaging with this. And I love you as a person, even though I can't see you. I believe that you are great. And I do appreciate the fact that you're here. Thank you for listening. If you want to stay connected and learn more information, such as content about the next podcast, our future guests, and other important links I've discussed in each episode, then check us out on Instagram at you underscore good podcast or email us at yougoodpod at gmail.com. We love DMs, so send us a message if you have any comments, questions, and concerns. Lastly, don't forget to be kind and ask yourself, are you good?